So today we're going we're gonna to start a series over the next few weeks on seeking God. Uh, so prayer, prayer focus. Uh, today we're going to look at the topic of fasting. So I think this is a, a fitting topic for us for various reasons. One, right after the holidays, I don't know about you, but there tends, for me, there tends to be this kind of spiritual lull and, and kind of just, I'm just in this chill mode, right? T- Typically after holidays, you know, we eat good food and it's cold and we, we just, it, they're just good days to just stay at home and rest and watch Netflix or whatever, right? And so it's fitting for us this time of year to, to spend some time putting our appetite in check. Uh, it's fitting for us as a church to, uh, to do what we're going to do uh, starting January 2nd. We're going to do a corporate fast together. And so before we do a corporate fast together, I want to want to preach on it and kind of give some some biblical basis for it so that so that you have some framework for what we're doing and why we're doing it. I know there's probably some here who are newer to the faith who've never fasted before. You've never fasted before. So we want to talk a little bit about that to help prepare you for it so you don't feel like uh, so you don't go into it having no idea what to expect. Uh, or why you're even doing it. And so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the, the why behind fasting. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people and being able to gather together in corporate worship. Thank you that you meet us. When we draw near to you, you draw near to us. When we gather together in your name and exalt your name, you show up. And so would you do that this morning? Would you speak to hearts this morning? And would you stir a hunger and a passion for you that exceeds any other hunger or appetite that we have? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so when you think of fasting, what comes to your mind? Or fasters, who comes to your mind? Do you, do you get images? Of, what's that? James. Daniel. Okay. Do you get images of some weird people? Yeah. Fasters, right? Do you get images of like a John the Baptist kind of guy out in the wilderness who's just eating locusts and honey and who lived this fasted lifestyle? Or do you get images of very skinny people who look miserable uh, because they're not eating and they're, they're fasting a lot? You know, many many folks perceive fasting to be legalistic in something that's maybe Old Testament or something that is for for just just dead false religions. But as you see in the Bible, the, the fasting is actually something that is that is traced throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And while other religions like Islam practice fasting, Hindus and, 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 and plenty of others practice fasting, uh, it is a Christian practice and has been for hundreds of of years, uh, thousands of years. It's been a Christian practice. And did you know that, uh, that there are as many references to fasting as there are references to baptism in the Bible? I don't know if you're, if you're aware of that. So it must be important, right? Baptism is important. So we're going to talk a little bit about what is it? What is fasting? First of all, Christian fasting is simply this. It's a, it's a believer's abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. Spiritual fasting is a Christian's uh, Christian fasting is a is a believer's abstinence from food 
for spiritual purposes. John Piper wrote a great book on fasting called A Hunger for God, Desiring God Through Prayer and Fasting. And in it, he has some great quotes. I'm going to share a couple of them with you today. And one of them is this. Fasting is saying, this is how much, oh God, I want you. You're saying with your actions, this much, oh God, I want you. By creating space in your time, with your appetite, you're communicating to God, I want you this much. I want you more than this lasagna. I want you more than this bowl of cereal. I want you more than this cup of coffee. Uh, I got some looks on that one. Um, Piper goes on. He says that this is the essence of Christian fasting. We ache and yearn and fast to know more and more of all that God is for us in Jesus. But only because he has already laid a hold of us and is drawing us ever forward and upward into all the fullness of God. Do you long for more of God in your life? Fasting is for those who want to be filled and satisfied with God, with the fullness of God. Fasting is for those who are weak and they want to, 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 to communicate that they are weak and acknowledge that they are weak and they need strength that comes from God and God alone. Fasting is for those who have habits and life-controlling habits, addictions, sin struggles that you want to break free from, that you want to put in check and deal with. The Bible talks about those whose God is their belly in Philippians chapter 3. They're enemies of the cross and their God is their belly. Fasting is a way that we dethrone our appetite from our lives and our hearts. It, it, it's a way of creating space for Jesus to be Lord of all, to feast on him who is the bread of life. Have you ever wondered why did God create food in the first place? I mean, God could have created us to be sustained with a, with a charge of electricity. He could have created us to be sustained with, with napkins or, or, or whatever. I mean, he, he's created yummy food for us to enjoy, okay? And it's a gift from him. He wants us to, to enjoy it. And we honor God through eating that food and giving thanks to him and enjoying the good gift of food. Food is a good gift. Uh, but we can also honor God by abstaining, voluntarily abstaining from that food because you hunger and you long for him more than that food. Jesus is the bread of life. Piper in his book says, in, in the, the beginning of his book on hunger and on fasting, he says, God, God created bread to show us what he's like. Like we're, we're physically sustained by bread, by food, Right? But Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God created bread. Everything's created for God's glory. And so everything points back to him, honors him. And he created food to show us what he's like. He, he satisfies us. He sustains us. And we keep going back to him. He satisfies our thirst. He satisfies our hunger. John six thirty five. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. 
that's, that's just explaining a little bit about the what of fasting. Uh, and we'll, I'll continue to do that. In, in Matthew chapter 4, it says this. Jesus had just gotten baptized. And after he got baptized, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after, 40, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was Jesus's response. And he was tempted two more times after that during his fast in the wilderness. This is a powerful statement. He quotes from the book of Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy chapter 8, where God says he, he led the Israelites into the wilderness for how long was it? 40 years, right? And they were tested in the wilderness. And you know what? They failed the test. They worshiped idols. They committed sexual immorality. They grumbled and complained. Jesus did what Israel failed to do. Jesus has done for us what we have failed to do, namely live and f- live righteously and godly, fulfill all righteousness. And let me just say this. Jesus is our righteousness. I, I know that there is I'm going to get into the dangers of fasting. There are dangers when we talk about spiritual disciplines of taking those things and, and, and trying to make those be our our source of righteousness and they'll never measure up. They'll never measure up. So I'll get to that because I know some of you guys already have your red flag going up. Like sounds like legalism, right? Some of you are like kind of cautious because we're talking about fasting, right? So Jesus himself fasted. That's a, that's a reason for, for us to, to do it because he fasted and he's our example. So in, in my desire to follow Jesus' example, I've attempted this right here twice. Uh, one, one time while I was working a, 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 phys, a job that was very physically demanding, I was loading and unloading trucks and, and it was very hard. And I actually went 40 days, but I was drinking smoothies and juices. And, uh, and so I did not go without food like Jesus did. Uh, he probably had water is my guess. It doesn't say here, which is a normal fast. A normal fast is uh, just no food but and, and, and water. So there's also in the Bible, there's a partial fast. Uh, Daniel did a partial fast where he ate maybe fruits and vegetables. Uh, there's there's, a, there's a, what Do- Donald Whitney calls a supernatural fast where Elijah, uh, I think Moses, went with no food and didn't drink anything, right? Um, there's, there's a corporate fast, like what we're going to be doing next week. There's private fast where you don't tell anybody at all about it. There's national fast where the whole nation, Esther, you know, the, the Jews were threatened to be killed. And Esther, you know, says, hey, let's do a fast, fast for three days and I'll go in and I'll talk to the king and, and perhaps God will intervene for us. So there's, there's national fast and so on. So I've, I've attempted this and, and then I, I tried to, to actually do what Jesus did and kind of go out and camp in the wilderness and... And actually, like, I, I, got, I, was, I had it planned out. You know, I was going to go and, and do 40 days. I quit my job. I had a chunk of time. I had a little bit of money saved up. And I'm just going to, I'm going to follow Jesus' footsteps. I'm going to be like Jesus and just not eat any food for 40 days. I tell you what, my mama was worried about me. 
my mama and my grandmother, I mean, they were trying to convince me here, you know, here, take this or that, or, you know, you sure you need, you need these, you need some electrolytes. And they made sure, I mean, they, they, they were watching out for, for, for their son. Uh, and, and I got to, um, I got to about, um, about a week into that fast, maybe seven to 10 days. And, and I, I was just struggling. And, and actually the hardest part of that, the hardest part of that fast was I, I tried to be alone by myself for that period of time. That was the hardest part of it. The hardest part of that time. I wasn't going to, I'm just going to seek God and be influenced by him and let him fill my life. But about seven to 10 days in, into that, I uh, started drinking smoothies and, and juices and I felt like a failure. Like, oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't measure up. And I ended up breaking it. Like I got to like 38 days or 39 days. And then I started eating, I think it was some chips. I mean, wouldn't that irritate you? Like you went all this time and you didn't do like the full 40 day, like you, you broke it early. Fasting has been, um, it's been a part of the rhythms of my Christian life. And it's been a part of the rhythms of city church from, from the very beginning. Brad and Angela have led in this. Some of the rhythms at City Church have been uh, at least once or once or twice a year. There's a corporate fast, and so and that's something that I want us to adopt as City Church Garland. So starting next week, we're going to be released to not just be a campus, but to be be an autonomous church. And and those those that's a part of the culture that I want us to take with us. It's a part of that I've had great times with the Lord in fasting, and there's been times where. Where I felt like it was doing more damage than good, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that because you can fast in such a way for the wrong reasons, where it's actually more destructive to you than it is beneficial. Um, one time I was doing a, a corporate fast uh, with the church, and it was a ten-day fast, and I they were, they were having meetings every night and having worship and prayer, and, and four days in, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. And he gave me a bag of Cheetos, and I, and I ate those Cheetos, and I broke it. And I felt so bad. I felt so condemned for breaking my fast. Uh, I actually did not feel worthy to show up to the worship meeting that, that next night because I felt like I'm a failure. I broke the fast. And, and God just met me with his love and his grace in that place. And, and I tell you, one of the things that fasting has done for me, it's exposed some of the unhealthy ways that I've related to God. Some of the unhealthy perceptions uh, that, that I have about God and my standing before him. Fasting is not a way to merit favor with God. Right. Fast, fasting is not a way to, make, to justify ourselves before God. It's a Christian practice that Jesus himself did and uh, his followers have throughout centuries. Um, uh, some some would argue, some Christians would argue that, that Christian fasting isn't for today. Here's one of the verses that are, are pivotal. Uh, Richard Foster, and he mentions that this is probably the most important place in the Bible on fasting when it comes to advocating it for Christians today. Or uh, Matthew 9, 14 and 15, it says that then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. Then they will fast. 
Jesus was with them. Okay, when you're at a when you're at a wedding, when you're hanging out with the bridegroom and you're a part of the party, you don't fast. You celebrate, right? You celebrate the the, the there's 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 something to celebrate, right? And Jesus was there. He was hanging out. We know that he fasted forty days before he started his public ministry. Um, but here, while Jesus was hanging out with his disciples. They, they weren't fasting like John's disciples were or like the Pharisees were fasting, right? And so, and Jesus gives an explanation for that. He's here. This is a time to celebrate. There's a time to fast and there's a time not to fast. There's a time God can be just as honored in the feasting of celebration. Some Christians need to learn not only how to fast, but they need to learn how to feast and celebrate. Celebrate God. By the way, God set up annual rhythms for the Israelites to have celebration and party. Heaven, heaven's described as a party. So, and, and, and one, of the ways, one of the ways that we can prepare our hearts by not partying in the wrong way here is by fasting, by denying ourselves, denying our appetites, and not letting those have dominion over us. Our appetite should not control us. Our desire and hunger for food should, or any other earthly thing should not control us. We should be more influenced by God and his spirit and his word and hunger for him more than anything else on this earth. And fasting, that, that's the essence of fasting. In fasting, we're saying, God, you're, you're better. I hunger for you more. So I want you to get that before you go into this this fast, I want you to, to understand what it is and why we do it. Jesus did it. He taught on it. Uh, another explicit place that Jesus taught on fasting is Matthew 6, 16 through 18. He says, When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, uh, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in the secret, who is in the secret, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you. This is probably one of the most encouraging uh, verses on fasting, and there's some, there's a warning there. There's there's a negative command, there's a positive command, and then there's a promise with this. When you fast, notice it says when you fast. It doesn't say if you fast. Just for any of those who, who might be wanting to justify never fasting. It doesn't say if you fast. Jesus expects that his followers are going to do it. Jesus expects that his followers are going to do that. So he says, don't be like the Pharisees. Now, the, the Pharisees were fasters. They, they had external practices of righteousness and one of the things Jesus warned against is don't do that to be seen by people. Don't practice your right giving. So in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about giving. Okay. Giving is a good thing to do. Do it. But don't do it to be seen by people. Tithes, offerings, giving. Giving is a good thing to do. It's a Christian thing to do. Do it. But don't do it because you want to look like you're Mr. Generous. Prayer. That's a good thing to do. Do it. Pray a lot. But don't pray to be seen as a super spiritual giant. Yeah. Don't pray out in the open to be seen by people. That, that was some of, one of the things that Jesus addressed. 
But he says, when you pray, go into the prayer closet. So that's a good thing. Go to that secret place. And here's the encouraging part about this. God sees in the secret. God sees in the secret. Jesus teaches about fasting, about prayer, about giving in this section. These are things that Christians should do and practice. But the motive behind it should not be, look at me, guys. I'm so cool. I'm so awesome. The motive should be behind it is, God, you see this. You see this. You're honored by this. Um, This should encourage you. God sees you in the secret place. If you struggle with doing things that are sinful in the secret place when nobody else is around, meditate on this truth that God sees you. And let that be a positive motivation for you to do what's right before him, what honors him in the secret place because he sees you. Go there. Spend much time there in prayer. Do lots of great things secretly before the eyes of God and God alone. Now, if you're married, or if you, this might be hard to, fasting might be a difficult thing to hide from your spouse. Like if, you're, if you go three or four days and your, your wife's going to be like, so why aren't you eating my food, honey? Right? So they're, they're going to ask, what's wrong with you? Why, are you? why are you fasting? Right? So it might be a hard thing to do. By the way, if they, if they find out you're fasting, you didn't lose your reward necessarily. Now, if, if your motive is, look at me, I'm fasting, then you lost your reward. All right? That's what Jesus says. You have your reward. Do you want the praises of men because of your practices of discipline, of righteousness? Or do you want the praises of God? Do you want the reward of men? Or do you, do you want the reward that comes from God and God alone? This is motivation for us to fast. Rewards are legitimate motivations for Christians. Some would push back on that. In, in Hebrews eleven six, we're told that even to come to God, we must believe that he is God and that he rewards those who seek him. So we have to believe that one of the reasons why probably we don't spend as much time fasting or praying is because we struggle with believing that God really sees that, that it's really worth it, that God's really going to reward that, that there's really going to be some benefit from this. And this isn't like a a business transaction. Well, I'm going to do this, so God will do this to me. This isn't a business transaction. This is a relational thing. And I think that the ultimate reward for us to to get in fasting is is to be filled with more of God. We, We create space for him in our hearts, in our lives, in our schedules, and he fills us up. He meets us there. He draws near to us. He sees us, and, and, and it's not like he doesn't see us when we're not fasting. He always sees us, but he recognizes that, and it delights him when his children take steps of faith to honor him, to pursue him, to seek his face. When you read the Psalms, you see this angst and this passion and this, this, this hunger, this desire for God that just drives the psalmist to seek God diligently. Do you have that kind of angst and hunger in your heart for God? If you don't, fasting's for you. It's, it's, it might be time to give up some things because fasting, as Piper says, it intensifies that hunger for God. It intensifies that hunger for God when, when we do it. So why do we fast? So we fast to be seen by God. We fast because God rewards it. And the ultimate reward of that fasting 
is, is God himself being filled with him. The early church also fasted. So just in case you uh, might go with the train of thought of some who say, well, the, you know, it's not Christian uh, after Jesus came. We, there's no reason for us to fast now. Well, the early church must not have got, got it then because they were doing that before they set in elders, which is something we're, we're gonna, that's going to happen next week here. Uh, uh, Acts 13, uh, 2 says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I've called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and they sent them off. Okay. Uh, Acts 14, 23. And when they had appointed the elders for, for, for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Notice, by the way, that prayer, that fasting is coupled with prayer. If you just abstain from food without prayer, you're, you're just dieting. <laughs> See, fasting has a purpose with it, and, and prayer is a part of that purpose. We, the, the aim of it is to, is to seek God, to, to pursue God, to, to draw near to God, to push aside all the distractions of our soul, the things that hinder us from seeking God. For those of you who have medical conditions or are pregnant and, and fasting, it might be uh, something that you can't engage in fully. My wife, one of the things she's done, is because she's been pregnant three times and is pregnant now, she, during those times she, she couldn't fast fully. And so she would give up maybe uh, sweets or social media. Or, and there's all kinds of other things that we can Give up as a way of saying, God, I want you more than this. Though this is good, though food is good, I want you more than this food. Because ultimately you satisfy my heart. You satisfy my soul. And so when you fast, make sure you're spending much time in prayer to be, be satisfied with God. It may be, it may be a, 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 a breakfast. It may be a breakfast and a lunch. Uh, but in those times, don't just not eat, but go spend time with God. Spend time praying. Spend time reading the scripture, meditating on the word. Let God influence you more than anything in this world influences you. Let God fill you more than anything in this world fills you. So Jesus fasted. The early church fasted. It was, it was a practice in the early church. Those that you and I most admire in the Christian walk have probably spent a significant time fasting. The people that I look up to most in, in the faith that are alive today have spent significant times fasting and praying and going hard after God. Again, I, I, I don't want this to feel like an obligation to us. I want, it to, I want us to see this as an opportunity and a privilege to get filled up with God. If you, if, if you approach fasting as something as like, oh, I gotta do it. If your mindset is, well, I just gotta, I just gotta do this because everybody else is doing it. Because the church is doing a corporate fast. Or I gotta do this because I'm not spiritual if I don't. Or, or whatever. There's all kinds of wrong motives to do it. I gotta do this because I'll look more spiritual than I really am. Then if you, if you approach fasting like that, it's gonna be very hard for you. Those are the times when I have struggled the most in my fast when, when I haven't had any particular purpose for it just other than, well, it's time to fast. You, you start thinking, I'm hungry. Why am I doing this? Hey, I don't need to do this. I'm just going to eat. 
if you have a purpose behind it, when you feel hunger, it will remind you of why you're doing it. So I want to give some purpose statements here for why we fast. So as Piper would emphasize in his book, he says, we fast because we're hungry for God for God's word, God's spirit in our lives. We fast because we long for God's glory to resound in the church. We fast because we yearn for God's son to return and God's kingdom to come. Ultimately, we fast simply because we want God more than we want anything this world has to offer us. Piper goes on, he says this, he says, fasting is a physical exclamation point at the end of these sentences. I need you. I want you. I long for you. You are my treasure. I want you more. Oh, for the day when you would return. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. The heart of it is longing. We put our stomachs where our heart is. To give added intensity and expressiveness to, to our ache for Jesus. We fast to express our longing or our ache for all the implications of Jesus' power in the present moment that isn't completely realized. We want to see people healed. We want to see people saved. We want to see marriages redeemed. We ache and we long for this to happen. Therefore, we ask Jesus to come by putting the exclamation point of longing at the end of our desires. It's like an exclamation point to our prayers. Uh, This is why, God, I long for you. Donald Whitney in his book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines, he gives 10 purposes for fasting. And again, this is important for us to have a purpose. As you go into uh, this next five days, identify a purpose. Why, why are you doing this? More than just, well, the church is doing it. It's going to be fun. Let's, let's not eat for five days, right? So identify a purpose. One is, it, it's, uh, he points out that it strengthens prayer. See, it has a way of pushing aside the uh, distractions of our soul. And I'm sure all of us have been there where we've been in prayer, we've been in our quiet time, and then all of a sudden we feel hunger pains and we're like, oh, it's time for breakfast. I'm going to go get me some cereal, right? And, and so we, we've all been there, right? I know I've been there many times. And, and fasting is a way of just clearing the table, clearing the schedule, and making space for God. Uh, preparing a meal can take a lot of time. Uh, eating can take a lot of time. And many, many times we eat out of comfort, not out of necessity. And so fasting has a way of putting those, those, uh, those appetites in check. Uh, so strengthening prayer. So with that, there may be specific people that you're praying for. Perhaps you're praying for the salvation of your son. And, 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 and you want to, to pursue God more earnestly in prayer. And, and so you, you give up a meal or two to, to pursue God more earnestly in prayer, to focus in on him. Perhaps you're seeking guidance. You know, we're, we're, we're going into a new year, and we need guidance as a church. We need God's direction. We need God to speak to us, to lead us. There are many things in the Bible that aren't specific about uh, for us of, of how we, what we should do, like who to marry. Like your spouse's name probably isn't in the Bible. The place you work, probably the name of it probably isn't in the Bible. So you need to go to God himself and get an answer for those things. 
to seek him for guidance. And so prayer and fasting is a, is a way to do that. The early church did that. Expressing grief is another purpose. It, uh, it, fasting can be a way to express grief and mourn. Seeking deliverance and protection in, in Ezra and Second Chronicles 20 um, uh, this, there, there was this pursuing of God and fasting and prayer, seeking God to protect us, deliver us, uh, expressing repentance and returning to God. Uh, I think Jeremiah, or not Jeremiah, Joel talks about this, return to me with fasting and weeping. And so there's this mourning, there's this, this mourning over our sin. Fasting is the opposite of what the first sin was. Eating what was forbidden the tree of fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. Fasting is not eating what is per, uh, what is permissible, what is free for us to enjoy. So it's it's a voluntary thing. It's not something that we're obligated to do. Something that we get to do because we hunger for something else more than that tasty food. It's also, it's another way of humbling yourself. If you struggle with pride. If you struggle with pride, fasting is a way to humble your soul before God. There's also physical benefits, by the way, to fasting. Uh, your, your body detoxes. So f- fasting helps detox your body. There's, there's stuff that just needs to get out of your body. Uh, so there's health benefits. You can look on the Internet and you'll see all kinds of health benefits that, that are connected with it. Also expressing concern for the work of God, ministering to the needs of other, others. Isaiah 58, that's a great chapter to read if you're wanting to uh, just kind of study fasting a little bit more. Overcoming temptation and dedicating yourself to God. Fasting and prayer, Jesus did that. And he was tempted in the wilderness. Expressing love and worship to God. Anna in Luke 2 was somebody who worshipped God with prayers and fasting. She spent much time in, in the, the temple worshipping, fasting, and praying, just going hard after God. So identify, if you're going to fast, identify why you're going to do it. Don't just do it with no purpose and don't do it with the wrong purposes because there are dangers. Uh, some of the dangers are is that, that we dishonor God by not enjoying what he has provided for us. Another danger is our pride and ego grows and is puffed up because of the successful mastery of our appetites. I'm a disciplined person. I don't need to eat right now. And, and we can actually get proud about how spiritual we seem because we're not eating. And actually, there, Jesus in Luke 18 talks about a, a Pharisee who was, was proud about his righteousness. And, and, and he's, he's like, I fast twice a week. I tithe. I give my tithe. I tithe on everything and, and, and so on. And, and, and Jesus says, this guy's, you know, don't be like that. You know, humble yourself. Uh, so, so fasting could, that one danger could be it, it feeds your pride. Uh, another danger is that you can get praise from people who perceive you to be super spiritual because you're a faster. And then another one is the perception that you're earning God's favor when you're fasting. That's a danger. Don't think that you're getting brownie points with God because you're fasting. Don't think that he loves you more or because you're more righteous because you fast. Jesus is the source of your righteousness. He's the source of your righteousness. And and I've had to go back to that when I've fasted and I've failed miserably. I go back to the foundational gospel truth that Jesus is my righteousness. 
I'm made righteous by faith in Jesus, not by what I do. And then when I've, I've fasted and I've been successful, if you will, if I can call it that, I've, I've fulfilled what I plan to do. I don't, I, I don't have to get proud about that because Jesus is my righteousness. It's not what I do. Uh, sometimes uh, there's been times when I feel more grace to, to fast than others. And there's uh, times where it's just it's really, really hard for me to fast. Actually, every time that I've fasted, is, it's been really hard for me to fast. Fa- Fasting is not an easy thing. Expect it to be difficult. <laughs> Expect to get hangry. Okay? <laughs> Expect... Expect to, to just struggle. Um, and, you know, I, want, I encourage you to maybe use, drink some juices or smoothies if you're at work and you need, a, you need energy and you need to stay alert. Uh, those are things that you can do as well. Jesus is our righteousness. He, he fulfilled all righteousness for us. He's the source of our righteousness. Here's a couple application points for us. Ask God to show you how, how you might participate in the corporate fast. Just ask God. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Nobody has to know. You don't have to tell us what you're doing. Uh, we're not going to, you know, check, check everybody. You guys fasting? You, got, you know, um, ask the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in this. Um, and then identify a, a, a biblical purpose for your participation in the fast. Get the why behind it while you're doing it. Don't just do it because we're doing a corporate fast. I'm going to fast. Get the why behind it. Let, let it be a, a conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. And then set aside some time this week, to, to more time than you usually do, to read Scripture, to pray, to worship. And let your soul feast on God. Let your soul feast on God. Feast on God. And by the way, drink lots of water if, you, if you're fasting. Like, put those fluids down. Like, that'll, that's good for you anyways, you know. Most of us don't drink enough water. And so bottom line, let's just let's go hard after God. Let's hunger for God and seek him with all of our hearts in, in this way. Amen. May God meet you in that secret place as you as you do that this week, as you go hard after him. May he show up uh, again. There's been often oftentimes there's there's been times that God has opened my eyes in fasting He's opened my eyes to see how much in spiritual intimacy I had been living without. God may open your eyes in this fast, open your eyes to see how, how much of his nearness you haven't been living with and experiencing closeness that you've been walking, intimacy with him that he wants you to have. There may be distractions that, that you just got to put aside. So let's pray. Father. I thank you that Jesus is our righteousness and that, um, that we get that by faith, not by our works. I pray that, God, we would have the, the foundation of the gospel solid in our hearts and in our lives and that we, God, from that place of being made right with you, abiding with you, that we would... Um, diligently pursue you from that place of having been laid a hold of having been bought having been redeemed having been accepted and loved by you that we would run hard after you to partner with you in your purposes on the earth would you help us God to put our appetites in check 
and not let them dominate our lives. Would you help us to be a prayerful people? A joyful people. I pray that this week of fasting would not be a miserable thing for us, but that it would be a satisfying thing for us because we find our satisfaction in you. So bring spiritual renewal to our lives. Bring revival to our lives. Take us deeper. Draw us closer.